0: From the authentic soul of Bernie Siegel, M.D., comes Mind Health Matters, a show that reflects Bernie's passion to reach people struggling with all of life's challenges, not just the physical ones, so that each person can live life fully with the understanding that, as Bernie reminds us, we only have today. Believing that we are all here to love one another each in our own unique way, Bernie has crafted eternal truths and the timeless wisdom of the ages. Join Bernie as he shares his powerful journey through life while offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom.
1: Welcome everyone to Mind Health Matters with Dr. Bernie Siegel. I'm Deborah Beauvais, and uh, you can hear Bernie's show on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time. All his archives from years back are listed on our site, so you can Listen on demand if you choose. And if you're tuning in for the first time, Dream Vision 7 Radio Network is a Boston based, fully producing internet radio station with all the bells and whistles. You can listen to us anywhere in the world. You can ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. You can listen in the car, wherever you are. Thanks to technology. Well, Bernie and I have a great show for you today. Um, Bernie's going to talk about his life. And one of the questions I have for you, Bernie, the first one is, to your whole 91 years, what are you most thankful for?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me to be serious. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I was able to move my bowels for all those years and still working. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: see, well, that is well, most glorious. Yes.
2: Yeah. See, I, well, <laughs> but I mean, when one.
1: you first think oh, of you, gratitude, do let, you let, think well, let of me, me, your family? Let me, I got it
2: in front of me. It's okay. Disconnected. Today, one of our sons—he's the the youngest. He's a twin with a sister, but we had right. one, two, three, and then twins. So we have five kids. But he sends me emails a lot that say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, I, you know, it lost all its meaning. when you keep, It's like, i got to say I love you. And today I, he sent many photographs, not of him, but with comments. And this one really touched my heart. There's a great big lion sitting with a little cub next to it. And under the picture, it says, thank you for being my father. And that really touched my heart. You know, not just, I love you, dad. I love you, dad. I love you, dad. But thank you for (coughs) being my father.
3: And Mm. I sent
2: him, of course, an answering email telling him, you know, how much that meant to me um there were what one two three there are at least three that he sent today more than that i think <laughs>
1: um
2: like some of the others this one says everywhere i look you're a great man father and the picture with that one was um oh what well, okay, i got a mental block the artist um you know in france sort of an insane guy um Mm-hmm. You don't remember him either? Yeah. Um,
1: oh, an artist that's insane?
2: Well, I mean, he was quite a character. Um, I see. Um, French. Yeah. I don't know why his name popped Because as soon as I saw the picture, I said, oh, it's... And now what I want to tell it to you, I can't remember. But, you know, he had all these wild, crazy paintings. But... Um, Anyway, it'll come to me. So that mm, was one of will. them. And then another one, as I said, the the lions. And where was the other one?
1: Mhm.
2: It says, "I owe a lot to you, Dad, and I love you very much." That's like a card, you know, the oh. print is there, not his handwriting. But I may have even taken away a couple. Uh, He filled up the computer.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I have to ask you, Bernie, since you said that love, if you say it too much, loses its meaning.
2: Well, yeah. That's why he, this son, Keith, he used to send almost every day, you'd get an email from him, I love you. And it didn't mean anything. You know, just the words. And I said to him. You know that doesn't mean anything to me. You know. Oh, you said the truth. (laughs) So that's why this really touched me. That Mm. he sent this, Um, and I really felt that it said something. Mm. And and let me, let me. I hope people can handle all this stuff, Um, because my wife died. January nineteenth, 2018, and <clears throat> one of our sons sent me this picture of the stone that I had put up when she died, um, and it says, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it with you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. That's at the top of the stone. Then it has our family name and then, you know, Bernie and Bobby and so forth and so on. And nines are magic in our life because my wife was born on 9-9. And I knew there'd be a nine in, you know, her dying. She died on the 19th of January. And um, Mm -hmm. what I put at the bottom by William Saroyan, in the time of your life, live. So that in that wondrous time, you shall not add to the misery and sorrow of the world, but shall smile to the infinite delight and mystery of it. Mm. So our son, Jeff, took a photograph of that on, you know, January 19th and sent it to me in mm-hmm. the computer. And I'm just keeping it there and look at it every day. Because, yeah. Because... Uh, you know, my wife was kind of a miracle, and numbers were amazing. Well, let me tell you, you know, you you, uh, you want to begin to believe in impossible things. Um, when I found that my wife had died, because she died in her sleep one night, and I Which went to wake her up. Which is a beautiful
1: way of going.
2: Oh, yeah Transitioning. Yes. I mean, yes. that's, it was just, you know, she was so calm. I went over in the morning... And I took her hand, and then it was, oh, because it was, you know, cold. I knew Mm -hmm. she wasn't alive if her hand had hit that temperature. And uh, boy, so then I felt the pain in the chest. My heart was broken. And um, five weeks, no, nine weeks later, that touched me too, because her birthday, nine, nine, I go to the emergency room. Uh, Because I had a dizzy spell, uh, fell. I mean, I knew it was all related to what was going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, you go in the emergency room, and they put a wristband on you to identify you. And I mentioned to you how nine is important. This is the number I get at Yale. And eight is a new beginning. Three, eight, nine, three, nine, six, six. All the numbers added up to nine. Two threes, two sixes, two nines, and an eight is like a new beginning. And even in the one that's your, like, case number, uh, not identifying you, but the case, there were two, well... I'm not going to read all the numbers it will drive you crazy, but um, maybe I should. The seven and the two, two nines, the six and one and the two, which add up to nine, and an eight, which means a new beginning. Mm -hmm. There's one eight in the other one, too. Three, eight, nine, three, nine, six, six. And, you know, when I saw those things, it was like, wow, my wife is with me. Then what's the next thing that happens? Hmm? Some guy I hadn't even talked to in the emergency room, he looks at me, he says, put him in room nine. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> I hadn't even, you know, registered. Then after they examined me lying in the, you know, cubicle in the emergency room, number nine, and uh, waiting to go to a, a hospital bed, and the guy walks in and says, you're going to have to stay here overnight. There's no room for you. And he meant, you know, not that there wasn't any room in the hospital, but like something like there's no room for you to put you in. Mm-hmm. Then a while goes by, a guy comes in and says, we've got a room for you, 819. Mm-hmm. There I am again, 99. Yeah. And I knew there's nothing to worry about. Your wife's taking care of you, so just go. And uh, nice. you know, and I left the hospital in a couple of days, fine. And mm. um, yeah, I'm on some medications because my heart was broken. Like my rhythm is a little out of out of whack, so I got to put you yeah. on anticoagulants and things like that. But um, uh, it it I know, and you know, a lot of people years ago called me. Well, what was it, the controversial Dr. Bernie Siegel, because of mm-hmm. the things I talked about and said. You know, they would always say, how could that be? How could that happen? Now, it going to then? But it's not, you know. I rely on her presence. And mm-hmm. our anniversary number, we married on uh, 7-Eleven. So 11 is a significant number. Too. If that shows up, I know it's our wedding date, and it's amazing how many times an 11 appears. And people stop calling me crazy and begin to enjoy all these things happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I, it's, you know, the reason I do it is not to pat myself on the back or say I'm special. Or, it's to get people to understand that life is a mysterious damn thing. Have I talked to you yeah. about my angel yet? Yes, you have. Yeah. Yes. That, you know, when I'm out lecturing and people come up to me afterwards and say, that was better, better better than usual. I've heard you before. And there was a man standing next to you, so I drew his picture for you. Mm. And um, that's my angel. Right. Well, George. You say, you now, do him?
1: you connect with George these days now that oh, you're not lecturing? Him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's with mm-hmm. me all the time. Well, th- yeah. didn't I tell you the funeral story? I mean, it's not just the lectures. I spoke at a Christian I, funeral. You know, yes, well, and, share uh, about the funeral. Yeah, Elizabeth Cooper Ross was there because she knew the man who died, too. And as we we're watching the procession leave to go to the cemetery, you know, the burial, um, Elizabeth said to me, Bernie, are you Jewish? I said, what are you asking me that for? Because I spoke at a Christian funeral? No. There's a rabbi standing next to you. And I said, to her, yeah, that's George. <laughs> and, you know, but if you don't have somebody like Elizabeth who sees these people in detail, you never learn those kinds of things. So mm. I know he's there, and I try to pay attention so he doesn't have to save my life all the time. But um, right. it, it's you can't... How can you deny... Things like that happening. And I have to mm. say, the first time I met George, it was like, who's he? Because I was told I'd meet an inner guide. Um, I think it may have been Cooper ross who was running a workshop and I went to it. Um, but anyway, um, you'll meet somebody who's your inner guide. And, you know, everybody was doing this. She told everybody uh, to close your eyes and look. You'll see a path and walk on the path and you'll meet somebody. And I thought, this is nuts. But then this guy comes walking around, and it's, I mean, now I can say it's George, but I thought, who the hell is that? You know, he's dressed funny. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I learned, yeah, he's a rabbi. And uh, I didn't keep talking to him. He kept showing up. That's when I began to realize he's there. And when I go back through my life, People may think, all this is crazy. First, some recent things. I have fallen off a roof when a ladder broke. It was a wooden ladder and it had rotted and I didn't know it. So as I stepped off, I went up with no trouble. But when I stepped off, I guess putting all the weight on that, it snapped and I'm falling. And I can remember on the way down um, saying to myself, you know, you can die. So relax. If you're going to die, you'll die. And I just kept falling, relaxed. It's about two stories high. And um, wham, I landed on my feet. I didn't keep my balance because it was a, a powerful boom. And I fell over, but I didn't get hurt. You know, I fell, bumped myself, but nothing. Nothing. Everybody want to rush me to the, you know, emergency room. I said, I'm fine. I got a little sore, but I'm fine. And that's when I believed he must have grabbed me and put me down, and so I thanked him. And from then on, I began to believe in George, because these accidents that every time they happen, I never got hurt, um, and uh, it's just amazing. Because I can remember as I'm falling, thinking, "You can be crippled, you can die, you don't know how you're going to hit the ground," and then boom, my feet hit, and I thought. Who the hell arranged that? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't keep my balance because it was powerful, but I wasn't hurt. I just sort of fell backwards on my butt. and uh, You were lucky. It. Yeah. And, and everybody, I mean, people don't want to believe me. What do you mean you're all right? You need to go to the emergency room. Uh, and I say, no, no, I'm all right. And then I get up and walk around, and they realize he is all right. How the hell did that happen? But now the family believes because so many people have seen him hanging around me that uh, you can't deny it when other people, uh, you know, show up. So I'd say, and I'm not the only one, let me say this, I'm not telling people this because I'm special. Um, it's, we're all capable of this, of having angels, of being cared for. And that's something people should accept. But if you want it to happen, it's what kind of a life do you live? Are you open to this? Uh, or are you busy cursing other people and causing them trouble because you deserve it, not them? And, you know, all that kind of bizarre stuff. I mm. don't live that way anymore. Whatever happens, happens. And... um the, I don't know, I found a piece of paper in front of me by my desk, um, you know, like if I were writing a book, All My Life's a Candle. Oh, All My Life's a Circle. And All Your Life is what? A Circle. Oh, yeah,
1: a Circle of Life? Yeah.
2: yeah, we keep going round and round and round. And yeah. I may say, when you die, you start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the first Would time... Would you
1: go back if you could? Right now in this That's lifetime? Say you wanted to go back, would you want to be
2: forty well, would it, it wouldn't 50? be this lifetime but you know, a new lifetime in this time, yeah. Mm. Because I'm a lot smarter than I used to be. So I'd love to go yeah. back again and put my information to use. See,
1: yeah. Um, well, you would. I mean, if you're th- if you're thinking of reincarnation, you would retain the knowledge that you've had in every lifetime, right?
2: Yeah, that's why yeah. I call it "We Don't Die." Mm-hmm. See, I know when I was three years old. I don't know if you've heard it, me tell you any of these things, but this was. I know I was three years old because my mother was in it and she was pregnant and my sister's three years younger than I am so I know that was what my age. But we were on like a vacation or somewhere or something and around the beach and I was there playing um, and there were people working on the house that we were in and the carpenters put nails in their mouth. I don't know if you ever them right. do that. And they would pull one out, bang, bang, take the next one, bang, bang. And I thought, that's crazy. You know, they could swallow one ale. But I was out on the beach playing and with a toy, and I started putting pieces of the toy in my mouth. And it broke, and I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And I could feel myself, you know, you're going to die. Um, and then I didn't die. Right. And I had left my body. Now they're talking about near-death, you know, uh, experiences. Well, I had one when I was three years old. I never thought yeah. about it. But I left and my body. And you
1: remember that to this day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I that's saw amazing. saw me vomit pieces of the toy again. And boom, I went back in my body.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's when I met George, for the first time. Mm. Um,
1: I, I recall he saved you saying. Yeah, I recall you sharing the story, and you said out loud, Who did that?
2: Yeah. And <laughs> he did, and he said, You're not supposed to die when you're three years old. That's why I did it. You know, it wasn't some special, wonderful thing. You weren't supposed to die, and I'm here. <laughs> so I did it. And. Uh, yeah. it, 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 when you're three years old, you can't deny these things. It sunk into my head. I wasn't happy I was saved because as a three-year-old, when you leave your body, wow. That was exciting and interesting. I'm up in the air looking down. You know, I felt bad that my mother would find me dead. Uh, But I thought, ah, what the hell? This is interesting. Mm -hmm. She put up with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then George shows up and I'm sucked back into the body. But mm. see, as I said, the reason I also have to believe these things, because people have said this to me so many times. I've heard you before. That was better than usual. And there was a man standing next to you. So I drew his picture for you. That's a quote right. from a lady in the audience. And she came up and I said, yeah, I know. Because I, I would have an outline for a talk and not even pay attention to the outline. Mm-hmm. And I knew it wasn't me doing the talk, you know, it was George. And I think we all have that possibility and that presence. But the trouble is, we're always saying, oh, look what happened to me. Oh, how am I going to do this? Oh, I don't whine about it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
2: done with that. If yeah. George, it's ready for me to go, I'll go. If I'm not, George will take care of it and uh, work out a way for me to survive and that's right you know,
1: well we need to take our life. first break bernie um everyone listening don't go away we have more with dr bernie and if you want to get in touch with him you can go on his site it's bernie siegel siegel is s-i-e-g-e-l bernie we'll be back in a moment
3: Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Why are we here? How can we be happy? Questions asked from millennials to boomers, crappy to happy, sacred stories of transformational joy answers them using true stories of grit, grace, and love. James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, wrote in the foreword, This book is a seminar about emerging truths and offers grounded solutions through the art of the comeback. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a contributing author, wrote, Bodies die, but spirits and consciousness survive and recycle. So, grab some tissues, open your book, and prepare to cry and laugh till it heals. Crappy to Happy by Reverend Ariel Patricia and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble and booksellers worldwide
4: Dr. Bernie Siegel's writings in the 12 books he's published so far reflect his passion to reach people struggling with all of life's challenges. His latest, A Book of Miracles, inspiring true stories of healing, gratitude, and love, is both riveting and belief-expanding. Bernie has produced wonderful resources for everyone, like 365 prescriptions for the soul, daily messages of inspiration, hope, and love, and faith, hope, and healing. Bernie's books also include those like... Love, magic, and mud pies, a great resource for parents, and delightful, loving stories like Buddy's Candle to help children of all ages cope with the loss of a loved one, be it a pet or a parent. To purchase Bernie's books, CDs, or DVDs, go to BernieSiegelMD.com. And while you're there, empower the mind, body, and spirit with Bernie's heartwarming articles.
3: Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723 that's 508-226-1723 or go to dreamvision7radio.com
4: this is dream vision 7 radio network uniting mankind with universal love our shows are created from the heart bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment breathe relax and enjoy let life flow
1: and we are back you're listening to mind health matters with dr bernie siegel and he has written 17 books and counting he's actually talking about writing another and his love medicine and miracles was the first one and it was on the top the new york times top 20 i believe it was or top 10 for months and months and months so uh, and people are still enjoying that book, Bernie. Uh, well, I think we 've talked before where kids of parents that read the book and it changed their life. Now the kids are reading it, and it 's changing their life.
2: yeah I mean uh, what book did you say "Love Medicine and Miracle Yes, yeah. Yeah, that was a bestseller. And the only C I got in creative writing in college was in, creative, is in writing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I never expected to get a prize <laughs> as an mm-hmm. author. Because I'm an artist. Are I know that literally. I paint. And, you know, words. I, I still have trouble remembering people's names and words. Because and, uh, it's not my thing. If, if I saw you, I'll remember you. My wife mm-hmm. used to say, you never introduce me. I'd say, because I don't remember names. And she saved me. Because she would always walk ahead of me as soon as I said, somebody's coming, I know. And she'd walk up and say, hi, my name is Bobby. And they'd say, oh, I'm George. And I'd say, hi, George, you know, or whatever their name was. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I wasn't embarrassed all the time. And uh, she wasn't mad at me. Cause she took over and uh, got me introduced to everybody. But Dude. it's again, when you're into whether it's words or images, it opens up your brain. Yes, it does. You begin to see things in people and words, and it's amazing, quite amazing. Yeah. I, do I you do any
1: artwork now, like, or do you color? Because uh, lots of people, lots of adults are coloring. Oh, little too.
2: things, but uh, I, I don't... Like, have the time and the energy, so to speak, to paint a portrait. Because mm-hmm. that takes time, you know. So right. I see things, but I'm, I'm not painting them now. I've done every okay. kid in our family, you know, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, all our children, everybody has a painting, and I gave it to them, put up in their house. And mm-hmm. uh, didn't I talk here before about the painting I did it myself?
1: Yes, you did. Yeah. But you can share that again if you'd like. All right.
2: The people, I mean, the funny part was I was painting everybody in the house. And when I say that, you got, you know, five kids, your wife, and dozens of animals. And I mean that literally. I'm not going to get into that now. But I love animals and all my kids too. So cats, dogs, snakes, turtles, ducks, geese, whatever you wanted, we had and I used to paint their portraits because it gave me something to do, and I'd come home from the hospital, pick out some animal and say, sit, and I'd paint them. Well, one day when I came home, every creature in the house was running away from the yard in the house, (laughs) and I thought, oh, my God, what has happened here? So I jump out of the car, and I yell, what's happened? Is there a fire? What is it? And I hear this squeaky voice, that I swear was an animal talking, not a child. We don't want to pose for you. We're tired of sitting for hours. We don't want to pose for you. (laughs) (laughs) I busted out laughing, and I said, all right, all right. I didn't know I was punishing them by doing that. Um, I'll paint a portrait of myself. You can go back in the house. And they all turned around and went in. And mm-hmm. it really was good, because that's when I painted myself as a surgeon, all completely hidden. Yeah. And, you know, why would you paint your portrait with a cap and a mask and a gown on? Oh, and then I named it The High Priest. And mm-hmm. I said to myself, what the hell are you doing, The High Priest? Well, you keep searching, and I came across articles. I think it was Jung said, the reason monks shave their head is to uncover their spirituality. Mm, and I love that, that. That year, a few months before the painting, I had shaved my head. And then that name, the high priest, would go with that. But mm. uh, I had a cap on from like you'd have in the operating room. So you don't see it in that painting. But as soon as I read that, it's to uncover your spirituality, boy. I left the title of that painting right there. I wasn't going to mm. take it off and be embarrassed by. It. I'm the high priest, and it, that's the thing I've really learned about life. It, it's such an interesting combination of everything. Mm. And uh, as Elizabeth used to say, Barney, there are no coincidences. And that's that's when you begin to learn from your life and why you're in a certain place doing a certain thing, you know, at a certain time and uh, learning from it. So I'd say to people, you know, think less in in an intellectual way. You know, what should I do? What will make me more money? What's the best thing? You know, and I often say this and I'm not picking on him, but poor Donald Trump. He is an example of what happens when your parents say, we want you to make a lot of money so we can show people, you know, that's our son, look how much money he made, look what he did. Um, mm-hmm. It's so sad. And a study, that I'm not just making up, you know, my mind and people don't say, oh, well, he, I can't believe him. The study showed this. Harvard students were asked, did your parents love you? And then they were looked up when they were middle-aged. If they said, no, my parents did not love me, three-quarters of them had suffered a major illness
3: in the intervening
2: years. If they said, yeah, my parents loved me, one-fourth had suffered a major illness in the intervening years. And I had really loving parents they didn't ask me to, you know, do anything or become anything. Uh, it was just be their kid. You know, behave right. yourself. Do you realize
1: how special and priceless that is?
2: Yeah. 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 Their rules of life were, do what makes you happy. Because sometimes I'd come home and say, oh, I'm all screwed up. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Do what makes you happy. And right. my answer would be, I need your help. Not You know, some stupid statement like do what makes you happy. But I learned, I had to learn how to be happy and not keep saying to my mother or parents, what should I do? Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Well,
1: they wanted you to find your own way
2: as well. That's right. Yeah, but I didn't know as a kid that that was the right thing to do. That was their way of expressing love. And troubles Mm -hmm. were simply God's redirections. How many parents are going to say that to their kids? Everything goes wrong, you come home all upset, and and your mother says, oh, God is redirecting you, something good will come of this. Mm -hmm. It's like, Ma, did you hear what happened to me today? Yes, (laughs) God is redirecting you. But Mm. you learn in time that my mother was right. You know, because something would go wrong, and then you meet somebody you wouldn't have met if it hadn't gone wrong. Right. So... You know, I began to trust her and my father and (laughs) give their comments a chance. And the thing I loved most of all, though, that I had to agree with, you know, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? I'm going to do something that will help people who need help to have a better life. (laughs) You know, it wasn't, I'll be a doctor and make them happy. I'll be a lawyer. You know, it was... I'm going to work out a way to help other people. So you could, I mean it, be a plumber, be a mechanic, be a doctor, but whatever you're doing is to help other people fix things, get them in order, and have better lives. Right. And uh, I think that's part of what made me who I am when I'm talking so much to you, because um, <laughs> I saw things differently in the world. And I just Mm. followed them. And, uh, Mm. you know, if you're helping other people, they let it happen.
1: Right. uh, And it fills us up with love when you help others. People don't realize that. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. Uh, But when you lend a hand, it makes a huge difference within ourselves.
2: And also, then God works it out for you. Yes. Because... Like, how do you meet the person you marry? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? The, the, all yeah. these crazy coincidences happen, and that's mm. the person you end up. I'm sure I've told you the story about my wife. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. because we met at a day camp as counselors. Yeah. And I said something nice about the pool, uh, and she said, Are you asking me for a date, you know, to take, take me swimming tonight?
1: And I wasn't,
2: but she was an attractive (laughs) young woman who my father said, why is she going out with him? (laughs) (laughs) Because you were so Um, bright. But she, you know, she heard me say it was nice, so she said, are you asking me for a date? And I wasn't, but I thought, take a chance, say yes, maybe it'll work out. Sure. And, and, and you know accidentally but you see then that's Elizabeth there are no coincidences but because of that we ended up getting married um, mm-hmm. it, you know just because I said it's a nice people here and they made a pool with they put heaters in so they, the camp staff could swim at night if they wanted to uh, you know this is summertime really hot and muggy uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know but because I said it we ended up getting married. And uh, the yeah. other funny one was, I know, I'm sure I've told some of these, that we had three boys and I wanted a daughter as uh, someone to take care of me when I got old. And my wife <laughs> said, no, I'm not gonna try again. And I kept pestering her and finally she said, all right, I'll try one more time. And she became pregnant and what did she learn? You're gonna have twins. And she said to me, if it's two more boys, I'm not coming home from the hospital. And uh, everybody laughed when she said that. But I said, she doesn't get around. And fortunately, uh, towards the time she was to deliver, the uh, obstetrician took an x-ray, see that everything was all right with the two kids and their positioning and everything. And he said, oh, one's a girl. Mm. And I thought, oh, wonderful! Now, Thank goodness. Wife from <laughs> hospital, yeah. And the boy, boy let her out first, which I got a kick out of because that was the obstetrician's opinion. He said, "What a gentleman! He let his sister out first,
1: so yeah. my
2: wife could hear that and knew she was okay."
1: Yeah, and Keith has a big heart because
2: yeah, he's um, the one who sent all the love you things.
1: I know, yeah, imagine. I, I at the
2: beginning, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, for him to send those, some people, some parents only get texts, you know, a text here, a text there, yeah. but for him to be sending pictures and however many times he says he loves you, um, yeah, he I think it's had
2: amazing. always had a sensitivity to things that were yes. happening in the house.
1: Yeah, um, he's a sensitive
2: You know, I still worry about him in the sense of taking care of himself. But
1: Mm.
2: when uh, one time, remember we got the five kids and twins, and um, he came up to me and said, you don't love me as much as my brother. (laughs) That was Jeffrey. And Mm -hmm. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you spend a lot more time with Jeffrey. I said, Jeffrey's driving us crazy, so we spend a lot of time with him. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) <laughs> you know, what I was impressed with was that he came up and said something. Remember, I we started with talking about, the, does a the kid feel loved? Well, he didn't feel loved.
1: Right, so at that time.
2: Do? But yeah, but really felt... How
1: amazing that he opened up to let you know.
2: Yeah. 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 And the other, well, hold on, that really, I found... All right, I got a story to tell
3: you when we come back.
1: Yes, hold on to that story. Everyone, don't go away. We have more with Dr. Bernie Siegel.
3: Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Dr. Bernie Siegel's writings in the 12 books
4: he's published so far reflect his passion to reach people struggling with all of life's challenges. His latest, A Book of Miracles, inspiring true stories of healing, gratitude, and love, is both riveting and belief-expanding. Bernie has produced wonderful resources for everyone, like 365 prescriptions for the soul, daily messages of inspiration, hope, and love, and faith, hope, and healing. Bernie's books also include those like... Love, magic, and mud pies, a great resource for parents, and delightful, loving stories like Buddy's Candle to help children of all ages cope with the loss of a loved one, be it a pet or a parent. To purchase Bernie's books, CDs, or DVDs, go to BernieSiegelMD.com. And while you're there, empower the mind, body, and spirit with Bernie's heartwarming articles.
3: Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times best selling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through mayhem to miracles. Sacred Stories of Transformational Hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide.
4: Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow,
1: and we are back with Dr. Bernie Siegel again. If you would like to connect with him, see all his books that he has written, and they're for sale. Go on his site, berniesiegelmd.com. Um, S i e g e l for Siegel, Bernie You said you had another story, Bernie.
2: Yeah, let me mention something for people if they want a resource. Uh, Love Medicine and Miracles if you have a significant illness. Uh, It's really what I learned from what my wife labeled exceptional cancer patients. You know, the people who were supposed to die and didn't. Uh, Right. Is it that they were teaching us? And you begin to realize they, they have the same personality characteristics. They're doing things differently, changing lives, giving their body live messages. So... Uh, love, Medicine, and Miracles. Uh, what was the other I was going to tell you? Uh, my mind. Oh, yeah, the art of healing. And that's really about art and drawing pictures so that people can see. You can see. Because if I said to you, draw yourself getting chemotherapy, draw yourself in the operating room, and it looks horrible. You know, you're being chopped up, poisoned, all the colors of the, uh, the, the crayons you use, black and red and, you know, Purple, spiritual, you're going to die. It's incredible. So I'd say to people, no, don't do this. This is not for you. I mean, because the other day, I I get a lot of letters. It said, I don't want to get my chemotherapy. It scares me. I said, draw a picture of yourself getting chemotherapy. And she had all these negative statements when she was writing about it. But the picture was beautiful. She was worried about God, and there was this golden hand over her head filling most of the page, and I'm sure that was God. And then the t- treatments were healthy colors. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. red or black or purple. You're going to die of it. Uh, I said, everything in this picture, and she had a, like a bar under her feet, something to support her, no matter where you look there was something positive. And I said to her, don't worry, you'll do well. Mm-hmm. Your picture. Uh, and yes, there are other people who show themselves being abused and poisoned and I say, if that's the way you feel, don't get it. Right. You know, don't. Um, what and, do you uh,
1: think, Bernie, of, you know, the cancer treatments that um, conventional medicine has been doing for decades? And then blending in alternative therapies, different modalities. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I'm all for it because, you know, it's, again, what will work for the person? I know this yes, crazy, but then sometimes but I mean they'll tell you... Way. See, I can lie to people and get them well.
1: I know you can.
2: Now, you'd say, what do you mean you're lying? Well, when there's no research or proof of something helping... And I say to a patient, oh, my God, you're lucky. A new treatment just came out. You're going to be fine. They're feeling so wonderful, it changes their body chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then they do well. Now, it doesn't mean every one of them is going to be cured. But I always talk, and I'm sure I've said that on this show before, the guy who went to Colorado to die in the mountains because it was beautiful there. And when I said, call me to his family for the funeral, please because I'm close to him, two years go by and I don't get a phone call. And I thought, why did they ignore me? So I called up to say, why did you not invite me to the funeral? And he answered the phone. (laughs) And and he said, it was so beautiful here, I forgot to die. And those are the stories I began to accumulate. You know, Mm. millionaires who changed their lives You know, they had the money, but they never did that. But when they learned they had cancer, then they started enjoying life and helping their employees enjoy life and just a whole different lifestyle. And then again, one of them was introducing me at a um, lecture I was going to give. And the guy Mm -hmm. was dressed in old clothes, and he looked awful. I said to him, what are you doing producing me dressed like that? You got up on a stage like that? He said, when they tell you you have a few months to live, what the hell difference does it make what you wear? But he told Achoo. me it was years before that they had told him that, and he just kept that habit. He didn't worry oh. about what he was wearing, what he was doing. But uh-huh. he didn't die. So now he yeah. had permission to wear what he wanted and do what he wanted. And hmm. that's the part. Give your body that kind of message. I like living. I think that's a big part of why I'm 91. Um, Right. Well,
1: you've you've, you've been able to laugh. Laughter has been a big part of your life, being able to laugh at yourself.
2: Yeah, I felt I had to live the sermon if I were going to help people. I'm Mm -hmm. not walking into their room and lying to them. Even though it's true, a lie might save their life to say, "Oh, you're going to be fine. They got a new medication," and you lie to them, and they believe you. But I didn't like doing it in that way. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. made people aware of their potential. See, because I could say to them, "There are people who have gotten well with what you have, even though everybody's telling you you're going to die." I can tell you what they did, and you can give it a try not consider yourself mm-hmm. a failure. We're all going to die someday. So this is not about, oh, I did it wrong, uh, so I died. Um, it's about, let's give it a shot and see what happens. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm kind of proud of what I've done. Um, you should be. When I was, yeah, when I was 70, I decided for my birthday to run a marathon. 70 and you're going to run 26 miles. And, um, I don't know, something made me do it to celebrate. And uh, I chose to run in Cape Cod so it wouldn't be steep places to run. Because running over bridges in New York is is really stressful. I did that many times. Um, And uh, not living in New York, but it was nearby for the marathon. But anyway, one of our sons, the oldest, went with me to run. And, of course, he's running faster than I am. And he was running ahead of me, telling people they're going to see a man with a shaved head come up. And I had my <laughs> name on my shirt, Bernie. And he said, "Tell, Yell at him. Tell him, Come on, keep going. Don't slow down. Come on, you know. And I'm running along, and John goes off ahead of me because he, you know, he just couldn't take the pace I was running. He wanted to go and finish. And people started yelling at me, Come on, Bernie. Come on, Bernie. Because I had my shaved head, and I think I had the shirt said Bernie on it. Um, Uh And uh, everybody's yelling at me, and I thought, Oh, my God, this is horrible. I'm exhausted, (laughs) and they're all yelling, Come on, Bernie, speed up. And then I realized it had to be John, that he was stopping and talking to groups of people to yell at me. (laughs) (laughs)
3: So it Isn't got me through fun. the end. That's,
2: yeah, I finished. I did finish. I think it was two hours later than the winner. But I got uh-huh. through to the end. Yeah. But I, to
1: I, actually make it through, I mean, 26 yeah. miles is quite yeah, a...
2: Yeah. 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 But it, it, I was proud of myself, you know, and all the people uh, on the side of the, you know, the track, not the track, but the streets, um, I got a kick out of yelling at me, so everybody yeah. had fun that day.
1: But yeah, you had your still, own root- Even at rooting. 70,
2: why did I have to do that? I don't know, just something in me that said, go and mark this date. Go and do this. Mm.
1: And, well, you um, wanted to prove yourself to yourself that you could do yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I'd like to live to 99, my wife's birthday, 99. Um, yeah. yeah, so
1: you've got I, eight I, years.
2: Yeah, I, I guess I didn't... I don't think I told you that... Um, when my wife had to go to the hospital, when she was due, she was due on Christmas Day. And she said to me, I'm not going to be in the hospital on Christmas. And I knew my wife. I mean, she has a mind-body power that's wonderful. And so what happens? The morning after Christmas, she said, all right, let's go to the hospital. (laughs) So she was home on Christmas. We go to the hospital. She delivers the twins. And it was so much fun, you know, because when you're in the hospital on Christmas, all the music and all the gifts and everything going on. Yeah, as a matter of fact, our daughter is named Carolyn because I said to my wife, listen to all the carols. Let's call her Mm -hmm. Carolyn. So Mm -hmm. that's her name.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's Carolyn and Keith, uh, twins. But um, it, it just, again, I learned over and over again how much power we have over our bodies Yes. That dying is not a failure. You know, there's a time, it's right, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've had a wonderful experience with dying in our family. Because the seniors, you know, our parents, grandparents, have come and said, I'm going to die Friday, or, you know, or or whatever. I mean, they'd pick a date, a time, and we'd have a big party, and everybody was there. And they died with everybody there smiling and Mm -hmm. laughing and uh, i knew that this was okay with them and it taught me something too yeah because george even said to me ask your father how because he was dying how he met your mother and you know i told you my story with my wife at a camp but when i said to my dad how'd you meet mom he said i was on the beach with a bunch of boys walking down the beach. And there was a big group of girls who were there every weekend. And uh, so we tossed coins to see who would get which girls. And he said, I lost and got your mother. What (laughs) it was was my my mother usually wasn't on the beach, but she was on vacation, so she went and sat with these girls. Mm
1: So my
2: father lost the coin tosses and had to take my mother because she was a stranger. They didn't know. And Uh uh, they ended up getting married too. But you see, when he said I lost a coin toss and had to take your mother, everybody in the hospital room laughed Mm -hmm. he died laughing. And I mean that literally, he had a big smile on his face, looked so happy and died. Mm-hmm. And nobody there was in pain or unhappy. And we had yeah. a number of kids there, too. I thought they're going to have a traumatic experience. No. They walked out smiling. You know, that death yeah. is not something you have to be afraid of. Right. What yeah.
1: a beautiful way to end the show, Bernie.
2: That's Do you have any
1: closing part. thoughts?
2: Yeah, what a beautiful way to end your life. With a smile Mm. on your face.
1: Yes, imagine if we could all do that.
2: And you have a choice. One more thing I'll say that's crazy. I'm in the operating room. Man's heart stopped working. Anesthesiologist said, Bernie, I'm calling the morgue to come get him. His heart stopped. I raised my head up, no longer looking down at the wound, and I could see like a cloud over the operating table. And I knew it was his spirit. And I said... Tommy, come on back. It's not your time yet. yet. And I hear the anesthesiologist say... Oh my God, I like working with you. <laughs> I said, what is it? He said, his heart started again. <clears throat> I was going to send him to the morgue. And his heart's beating and it's fine. And he recovered completely. And, wow! You know, and I can tell you, I don't know why I said that. I mean, it just sort of shot out of me. I think that was George saying, mm-hmm. "I can do this for you," and mm-hmm. uh, he came back. So after that, I never worried about doing crazy things <laughs> in the operating room, you know. Um, sure. And 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 the last story, I promise. When my mother-in-law died, who always used to tell me. And she was an opera singer. Bernie, you can't sing in the house or the car. You're driving me crazy. Um, (laughs) Because I had no idea of music. I was an artist. Um, But when she died, her spirit came to me at the synagogue. I was at a service. It flew in the door when somebody opened It came over my head and talked to me and said, Bernie, I'm going now. And i said say goodbye, and then I ran over to the uh, nursing home she was on, When I say ran. I drove over there, and when I walked in the door, the nurse said, oh, you've heard. I said, mm-hmm. I know my mother-in-law died. She came and visited me. And wow. That's what changes me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I sure. I can't deny that that happened. Boy. So I say to everybody, keep your minds open. You never know what's possible.
1: That so is correct. Beautiful, Bernie. Okay. Well everyone, that's all for today with Dr. Bernie Siegel and thank you for listening and pass the show along so others can hear his wisdom and yes, Bernie till the them, next time we open. get come together. Right. Bye for now. <laughs>
0: Join us next time on Mind Health Matters with Dr. Bernie Siegel. Until then, remember, be fully engaged in life, loving every moment as your unique self. In going deep within to discover ourselves, we can also discover self-love. Then, when we let our hearts make up our minds, we connect what our bodies do so well to the power of love, we can boost our ability to grow and heal along with our self-esteem. The sense of empowerment that results from this mind-body connection is one related to self-induced healing. When you add spirit to that connection, making a mind-body-spirit connection, you nourish your soul. For more insight, go to BernieSiegelMD.com.